listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David. You're going to be continuing your series, Are You Listening? Yeah, hi, Jason. Good to be here today. It's good to have you back, as normal, on a Thursday. You've uh, been travelling around a little bit this week, I believe, David. Yes, I have been down to Orford. We did the walk to with the other ministers in Tassie, and we did the walk over to Wineglass Bay, and my legs are feeling it. <laughs> did, did you have a nice day uh, when you were walking? Was it was the sun shining? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. It's a beautiful. beautiful. I can, Very. I can now say I fished Wineglass Bay. <laughs> I'm allowed good. to say that. I don't think it's a, 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 a sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful place. It's a yes, beautiful place. It is. So, yeah. Very good. Well, um, David, uh, on your series each week titled Are You Listening? Uh, you like to share a proverb at the beginning. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I really think the proverbs have so much wisdom in there, and sometimes this, they're just little snippets. But today I want to read quite a passage, so I'm going to get right into it. In Proverbs chapter 1, 20 to 33. Now, just for some clarity, this is not talking about God per se. It's talking about wisdom. So think of it in those lines when it talks about a, a negative connotation to wisdom. It's really saying if you don't get it now, you're not going to get it later, and it's your own choice. So let me read it through. Mm. Proverbs chapter 1 20 to 33 wisdom calls aloud i'm reading from the new king james by the way wisdom calls aloud outside she raises her voice in the open square she cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city she speaks her words how long you simple ones will you love simplicity for scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdain all my counsel and you would have none of my rebuke, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently and they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with to the full with their own fancies for the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil really interesting very interesting passage because some might say this is oh this is how god acts he laughs at us when we're when we're uh uh, when we have uh, the the terror and the other things come to us well it's not what it's saying it's saying that you're reaping the the uh, consequences <laughs> the consequence of cause and effect yeah. cause and effect if you choose to neglect the learning of wisdom when you have the opportunity then when you need it it's not going to be there mm. and you'll have to deal with the consequence that's what it's talking about mm. and it's using this idea of wisdom as a woman 
but in reality it's talking about the principle of cause and effect. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Um, and today uh, we've got a, uh, a listener question. Do you want to talk about that now or shall I do the uh, promo for the app and the website? <laughs> Yeah, do the promo for the app and the website, then I'll talk about the listening question. So, uh, of course, um, this is our 10th episode of Are You Listening? And you can go back and have a listen to all of the previous episodes um, on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Or you can listen on the app. You can download that from the App Store. That's uh, on the Google or the Apple App Store, the Faith of Australia app. Download that. Mm-hmm. You can sign up and you can uh, you can also share these programs. If, if there's a program that you hear that you'd like somebody to listen to, you can do that both from uh, the website and also the app. And it's a great way to easily share this with somebody else as well. Mm. Yeah, that's a great idea too. I've been able to share that with some people and they get online, they get on their app, have a look at those past episodes, and they're really good. Mm. Now, of course, uh, we've got our show number today, 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters number, 0488-880-891. We're going to have a free book offer later in the program. We're going to ask you a question, and we'd love to hear from you today. Maybe you've got a question that you'd like to uh, get an answer to. Do text us in, and uh, we will try to answer that either today or, or in the future. So um, our listener question today, David. Yeah, so we've been looking at a number of things in the past. We've been looking at the Bible as a trustworthy source, and then we've been looking at key characteristics of God and the important things to know about uh, about salvation. So we looked at the eternal solution a little while ago, a couple of weeks, and then last week we looked at God's church and what that would be like. So the listener question I would like to ask today as we're looking at the topic, joining the eternal kingdom, I want to ask a very specific question and it's have you ever been a part of a club team or group that had entry requirements and if so what are they so let me just repeat that again have you ever been a part of a club team or group that had entry requirements and if so what are they so i wanted to share just to get your creative juices going and your memory jogged Uh, for me it was a soccer team in high school Now, we were the worst soccer team in the whole district, so we didn't apply these rules very well. But nevertheless, these were the things you had to do. You had to turn up for practice, you had to play in your right position, and I failed at that miserably. I just ran all over the field. Um, So I I kicked the ball a lot, but I didn't do the right positions. But nevertheless, you had to play by the rules, and if you couldn't do any of these, you couldn't play on the team. Now, we had a very flexible coach and he just wanted us to play and that's probably why we played so poorly but this is what you had to do or agree to to be in a soccer team and if you're in a professional soccer team these are the things that are essential you have to turn up for the practice if you don't practice you're off the team if you don't play your right position they'll put you off the team they'll give you a position of left right out (laughs) (laughs) um you have to play by the rules. Uh, you know, you can't pick up the ball in soccer and just run around like uh, like football. Mm. Uh, and if you don't do those things, if you if you break the rules, you're off the team. You can't actually play. They'll say, sorry, we'll get someone else who's going to play. Mm. And I feel it's very similar to being part of God's kingdom. Now, as I read earlier, you know, with... Uh, uh, with the proverb, some say God does all these bad things. But if you choose God, it's saying, and, and his wisdom, 
you'll have safety and security, not necessarily in this life, but it's eternal. It's mm. eternal. Um, you know, like the ten virgins we were talking about earlier. But if anyone doesn't, then they have to accept the results of their choice. If you say, I don't want God, and bad stuff comes, well, you can't say it's God's fault. Mm. You've chosen to leave God out of the picture. Mm. So there are requirements, and that's to to be part of God's kingdom. And we're going to look at these today. So the listener question again was, have you ever been part of a club, team, or group that had requirements? And if so, what were they? And you were going to share something, Jason. Yes. um, Back in about, I think it was 1991, at the end of 91, I... uh, graduated as an engineer from university and um, one of the things that we had to do was to learn and look up the Institute of Engineers Code of Ethics. Um, as, as an engineer we had to join or we were encouraged to join the Institute of Engineers and uh, as as such there was a code of ethics that we had to learn, we had to read and uh, agree in order to become part of that organisation. So it's very common, isn't it? There's, uh, I think, there's similar things for yes. legal uh, professions, uh, for doctors, and I think you're going to talk, being a talk about that, and even yeah, <laughs> being a minister. Yeah. So there's uh, there's always some sort of uh, requirements or code of ethics that uh, we need to um, abide by. And I guess if you're a part of a political party or what have you, you know, there's always going to be some uh, guidelines that we have to. Uh, That's a really good point. That's Mm. a really good point, Jason. You can't be a liberal and hold to a labour, you know, labour ethics. Yeah, that's right. You have to hold to liberal ethics or you change sides. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So that listener question again, would you like to share it, Jason? Yeah. So have you ever been part of a club, team or group that had entry requirements? And if so, what were they? Text us in on 0488-880-891. We would really love to hear from you this morning, so do share with us. This is King of Love by I Am They. The King of Love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I'm nothing like if I am his, and he is mine forever.
goodness faileth never Good shepherd may I sing your praise Within your house forever Within your house forever you're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of joining the eternal kingdom. And we've got our question for you today. We really would love to hear from you today. Have you ever been part of a club, team or group that had entry requirements? And if so, what were they? Uh, we discussed a couple of examples earlier and uh, we'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 488 so David, uh, as we're continuing your series today, are you listening? Uh, we're on to the topic of joining the eternal kingdom. And uh, I guess um, I'm, I'm reading this from the listener question that there's some sort of requirements that we're going to be talking about today. Yes, we are. We're going to look at some requirements. And it's important. It's important to know what the requirements are for God's kingdom. Mm. And, you know, they're not as hard as you think they might be. They're not as complex as you think they might be. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to start looking at these prerequisites for the entry to God's kingdom. And then we're going to look at how and when we can join. But first I'm going to pray, and then I'll ask you to read the passage we're going to look at today. Then we'll get into it. So let me pray for our listeners. Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your word again today and learn about how we join your eternal kingdom. It's very, very important. And as we do that, Lord, we pray you would speak to our listeners from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we used the New Living Translation, and I'd like to use that version again because of the way it explains these verses. Mm. John chapter 3, 5 to 8. Could you read that for us, please, Jason? Sure. Says Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can rep reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Yes, yeah, so this is very interesting wording. It says, no one, that's none of us, can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So there's a requirement there. Mm. It doesn't have a huge list of requirements, does it? No. It just says one thing. Yeah, one thing. <laughs> that's really interesting. So when when the doctor doctoral students or student doctors were doing their training before they become registered as a doctor they used to have to take the hippocratic oath it's the do no harm agreement if you like that's really a brief summary of what it really is but they have to pledge to agree or they had to pledge to agree that they would have the best interest of their patient in mind when practicing medicine now, in more recent times, you might not know this, but the Hippocratic Oath has been done away with, but right. not completely, not completely. It's been replaced by something called the World Medical Association Declaration of Geneva. So it's a more inclusive and broader statement than just do no harm. Okay. And it and when they when they agree to this, they actually pledge. Now I'm even going to summarise it. It's it's quite a long list, but I'm going to I've tried to group it and summarise what it says. 
And in this oath, they pledge to dedicate their life to the service of humanity. <clears throat> so it's broader than just uh, the medical fraternity, I guess. They guard patient privacy. They practice with dignity. They don't allow a person's social, religious, ethical or sexual standing to influence the care they give um, um, to their patients. And they also have included just recently they agree to care for themselves. Mm. So that's that's quite important, that you care for yourself. Mm. And if they refuse to do this, then they're not allowed to practice medicine. Mm. Now, this is not so far different from the listener question we posted today. If you don't follow the requirements for a particular job, role, team or club, you're not allowed to stay with a group or you're not even allowed to join the group if you don't agree. So today we're going to look at these entry requirements for being part of God's kingdom. And as I said before, it's probably not as hard as you might think. Mm. It's not like uh, I guess many people think that you know in order to be a Christian you've got to keep this big list of rules, but um, it's, no. that's, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> no, I want to emphasise that too, Jason. Mm. It's not a list of rules that you have to do to join the kingdom. Mm. It's really, really quite simple. So a bit like the way the medical profession has some very stringent requirements, though, to allow you to practice medicine, look after people's physical and mental health, it makes sense that God also has some requirements of where to look after people's spiritual health, which is what the church or his body, as we saw last week, is actually meant to be doing, looking after people's spiritual health. And to be quite frank, your spiritual health is far more important than your physical health. Because your physical health only talks about the here and now, mm. but the spiritual health talks about what happens later as well. So to join God's church, there are some steps first that we need to make. And the first one of those is to understand. So first and foremost, we need to properly understand what God's kingdom stands for and what's expected of those who want to be a part of it, a bit like the rules of a club, you know, but we're not a club. I just want to be sure that you understand that. Elsewhere in the Bible, we're also shown that at heart, people or mankind, men and women, children, if, you, if you've had a baby, you know how selfish children can be, as in like a baby, can be actually very selfish. All they care about is the food that goes in their mouth, mm. and they'll cry until they get it, <laughs> or a bit of attention to be picked up. All those sorts of things. So we see through the Bible and the explanations of mankind that we're very selfish at heart. But to be part of God's kingdom, we need a change of heart. And this is something that only God can do, and he's actually promised to do it for us through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And it's called being born again. So let me just read this passage again. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Don't be surprised, Jesus says, that you must be born again. So he, he explains it as being born new. Once we've had this change of heart through the water and spirit baptism, and we'll talk a little bit, we'll just touch on that a little bit later, we need to commit to God's mission and continue to seek and save the lost. Now, I want to read a verse that's very popular for many, many people. They know this verse very well, and it talks about Jesus speaking to his disciples before he leaves. 
and he says in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, he says, it, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you and love with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm. It's interesting um, that uh, this concept of being born again, you, you, you often hear it being used as... Uh, almost mocking Christians, you know, they're born-agains. <laughs> and, yet, and yet this is actually a fundamental principle of, of Christianity. So I guess in a way people are right in saying that they're born-agains because if you are a genuine yeah. Christian, you have been born again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. So it's something that that everyone who joins God's eternal kingdom must do. Mm. They have to do this to be part of his body, his church. They need to agree to this. And it's not just for a specific group of people, it's everyone. Before Jesus left, he spent 40 days teaching them all they needed to know, and then he told them all. So this this passage in Matthew here is all the disciples, about 120 of them, that were there to see him leave and go back to heaven. He says to all of them, go, teach, preach, baptize. Hmm. Okay, so it's, it's, it's what we do with others when we first share with them about Jesus, and, and he left us his mission to seek and save the lost, if you like. So we have to teach them what's most important to know about God's eternal kingdom and how to be part of it. It's no good coming to a football club thinking that it's like cricket, is it? Mm. You're not going to play football very well. Mm. You have to know what's required of you, and it's no different from God's kingdom. We have to know how to be a part of it. So the first thing we have to do, this knowing all this information, the next thing it leads to is for a person to believe what they've learnt, believe that Jesus is the answer to the problems of sin and selfishness. And we can read this in, in, in Acts chapter 10, 42 to 43. I won't look it up this time. But Jesus is, uh, oh, sorry, um, Peter is speaking in Cornelius's house and he tells them all of this information about Jesus and they hear it and they go, oh, we need that information. They believe in Jesus and he's the one that saves them from their sins and then they take the next step. They repent. So together with believing... We've got to choose to turn away from that sinful life and begin living a life that's in keeping with the characteristics of those who are going to be in Jesus' forever kingdom, both in heaven and on earth. And and it's called repenting because the word repent means take a 180 degree change, turn around, completely change direction of your life and ask Jesus to come in, change your life, and he does that from the inside out, which is very, very important. We can see it explained in Acts 2, 36 to 38, and I've only got time to briefly summarize it for you. So this is the day of Pentecost, and Peter is Peter is speaking to people. Uh, the Holy Spirit's just been poured out, and they think, oh, this bunch of people are drunk. What are they doing, saying all these crazy things in the middle of the day? And Peter stands up and says, no, it's that's not the case. And he gives this history of the Jews, and then he says, you killed your Messiah. And he explains it to them, and when they, he says this, it says they were cut to the heart. And then they say, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent or turn away from that old way that you were living 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will receive that gift that comes in and changes your life. Mm. Sounds like, uh, David, what you're talking about here is something that can't happen as a baby because we don't have the understanding at that age, but this is something that has to happen um, this change, this recognition of, of where we're at has to happen, you know, when we're at an age where we can understand all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are some people who, young people who are mature enough to understand it, mm. uh, but it's the physical way we show that we want to become part of God's kingdom. But we'll talk more about what it is uh, after the break. Mm. Remember our question that we had? Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. Have you ever been part of a club, team or group that had entry requirements? If so, what are they? Let us know. Text us in on 0488 This is Come Thou Almighty King, uh, featuring the Getty Girls by Keith and Kristen Getty. sing help us to praise father of glorious or of victorious come and reign over us ancient of days come thou incarnate word gird on thy mighty sword our prayer attend
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we've got David Maxwell on his series, Are You Listening? Mm. Now, we mentioned earlier in the program that we have a book offer, and uh, the book offer today is called I Have a Future by um, Reindeer Bruinsma. Bruinsman, that's an interesting name, isn't it? It is. Uh, and it's the subtitle, it's Christ's Resurrection and Mine. So that's our book offer today. Stay tuned. We've got more details about that coming up. Now, uh, David, you were saying earlier that um, that baptism is really a physical demonstration of the fact that we want to become part of God's eternal kingdom. And, uh, yeah, let, let's dig into that a little bit more and uh, explain why that's so important. Yeah, and I'll explain what bapti- baptism actually is, because it's it's quite clear when you look at the original Greek, uh, but some people have been a little confused about what baptism really is. So we'll look at that as well. So before the break, I said that as we see in the, uh, many times in the Bible in the early church, when someone understood God's eternal kingdom and believes what Jesus has done and um, they repent, they choose to do what he wants them to do, so they choose to obey him. So it's not just repenting, turning from your old way and doing nothing, it's turning and obeying Jesus. They are baptised, but what does it actually mean? I want to use an illustration to try and uh, explain this. There was a farmer and his son and they were having this discussion one morning about one was a one had a catholic background and the the son had uh, learnt different things from the bible and so they're having a discussion one was saying it's just sprinkling uh, when you're a baby and the son was saying no it's more than that it's more than that the Bible explains that it's more than that. And now we're having a good old discussion, and after a while the farmer says, right, well, we need to stop chatting and get get out to work, because farmers always have a lot to do. So they, they go out there, and as they're heading out the door, he says, and by the way, the old rooster died last night. I need you to bury it later. So the, the day goes on. They have a long day's work, and as they come home, the the father sees the rooster just with a bit of dirt chucked over it. And and he gets really cross. He tells the son, I only ask you to do one thing today, and that was bury the chook, um, bury the rooster. And he says, oh, yeah, but this morning we were talking, Dad, and you said that uh, that baptism is just a sprinkling of uh, of water on you. So I just sprinkled some dirt on the chook. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, but what do you mean? He says, well, baptism is complete submersion of a mature person who understands what it means, which is like a death and a resurrection. And because it's like a death, it has to be under the water. But you said it was just like sprinkling, so I just sprinkled some dirt on the chook. So he got his point across. But firstly, firstly, baptism is a death to self. And this is explained really, really well in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1 to 4. Let me read that for you. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1 to 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in grace that, sorry, continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who've died to sin live any longer in it? So when you die to the old life of sin, it's like you've buried it under the ground. Now, when you when someone dies, they're not alive anymore. They can't keep living. And that's what Paul is saying here. When you die to sin and you're 
put it under the ground or put it under the water, you don't live like that anymore. You change your direction, as we said earlier. Or do you not, verse 3, or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So the illustration of being baptized is like dying and then being resurrected. Now, you mm. don't die. Nobody, no, You don't go down to the cemetery and find people with, you know, laying on the grass with a bit of dirt over them. Mm. That's not how you're baptized. You are baptized completely, under, sorry, you're buried completely under the ground. So this means when we go under the water, which is what the word baptism means, it means submersion. There is another word in the Greek, bapto, and that means to just dip like the tip of your finger. But baptism or baptizo is complete submersion under the water. We go under the water, we put to death the old way of life that we used to live, all that sin and selfishness that we used to love so much. Now, you can't bury yourself, can you? No, you're not, because if, <laughs> if, you're, if you've already passed away, um, you can't do anything. So I had somebody, we were talking about baptism once, have you been baptised? Oh, no, I baptised myself. Mm. And we were thinking, that doesn't make sense. Mm. You can't bury yourself, mm. so you can't baptise yourself. Uh, Jesus even, as the, like he was the perfect example. Mm. If anyone could baptise himself, surely Jesus could, but even he had someone else baptise him. Because it's an illustration of death. Someone puts you under the ground. Someone puts you under the water. And John the Baptist did that for Jesus. So when you come up out of the water, it represents a new life together with Jesus and the Holy Spirit who gives you the power to live differently, selflessly, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven should. Now, if you might be thinking, oh, but I don't live like that. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. God will change you over time. Mm. First Corinthians chapter twelve, twelve to four, it also explains this leaving the old life, beginning a new one. It's not the only thing that baptism represents. It also represents being part of Jesus' body. So let me read that quickly. First Corinthians twelve, twelve to fourteen. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members in that body being one are one body, so also is Christ. For if by one spirit you are all baptized, this is the baptism of the spirit now, baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink the one spirit, for in fact the body is not one member, but many. So we were talking about Jesus being the head in previous programs and us being the body or the church. That's what the church was. This is how we join the church. Perhaps, you know, you know, God gives us a specific gift when we, when we join his body or join the church. Perhaps we become his ears uh, so we're able to listen to people. Perhaps we become his hands so that we're able to help people physically. Perhaps we become his feet and we're the, we're the Andrews, if you like, that bring people to Jesus so that uh, someone else who is the mouth can speak and tell them more about Jesus. Whatever it is, we all have a part to play in the church. The same way that uh, the physical body parts, my fingers, my ears, my toes and my feet, you know, all have a part to play. And if I don't have one of those parts, 
it doesn't function properly. But when all the parts work together in the physical body, it helps the body to function properly. But if parts don't work together, then the body doesn't work properly. Mm. So um, it's uh, it's really symbolising the fact that uh, we we become part of a functioning body when we when we're baptised. Yeah, that's right. There's no separation. Some people say, look, I just want to be baptised into Jesus. I don't want to join the church. Well, there's no such thing. Mm. When you're baptised, you become automatically part of Christ's body, which means you now have a function in his kingdom. Mm. You are a part of the body, the church. Uh, you've joined his eternal kingdom. This, this is the entry into his kingdom. You've become a representative or an ambassador, as we talked about here on earth. And so you want to make sure you're joining the right body, the body that's connected to the head. In other words, the one that's obeying or following Jesus properly. But we'll look at more of that in a moment. Yeah, it's time for our break. But uh, here's our book offer for today. I have a future, Christ's resurrection and mine. Uh, there's hope for you. This is by Reindeer Bruinsma. You may have questions about the injustice of God, about life after death, about the reality of the resurrection, or about the fires of hell. These questions are natural. But in the Bible, we have some good news. God loves us and he's preparing a home for us. Looking rationally at the evidence presented in the Holy Scripture, we can see clearly the truth of the indescribable fact that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And because he rose, we can too, if we will trust him and accept his miracle working power in our lives. That's our book offer today. And uh, right after the break, we'll give you the code to be able to claim that. This is Yes I Will by Anthem Lights. I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now Will not fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name Oh yes, I will sing for joy When my heart is heavy All my days Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God is never late It's working all things out It's working all things out Oh yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I For all my days Oh yes, I will For all my 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with David Maxwell and today's program has been titled Joining the Eternal Kingdom. Now before the break we did talk about our book offer today. We've just got two copies to give away today Um, and the book is called I Have a Future Christ's Resurrection and Mine and I think I was saying this wrong. David uh, pointed out to me it's it's Rinda and Brisma. Rinda Brisma is the author of this. Brinsma. <laughs> it's uh, it. tricky for me to, to read, and I think Ooh. I was saying reindeer rather than Rinda. 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 So sorry about that. But anyway, today, two copies. First two in uh, with this code, listen number 10, listen 10, text that into 488 and uh, during the break, um, we had a message from Margie to say that uh, she used to work in nursing in, in military capacity as well back in Africa. And uh, she said that there were very strict rules about um, her co- conduct and uh, how to do the, the nursing job. So she also says that she really enjoyed that time. And so she looks back on that with good memories. Yeah. So, David, um we need to be finishing up, but uh, you were going to um, talk more about how this uh, baptism actually, you know, changes us, and the fact that we become an ambassador of of uh, God's kingdom when we mm. when we start this journey. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it's it's various different times when we start the journey, and it depends. It's not like, uh, you know, you have to be 21 or you have to be 25 or you have to be 50. You know, there's, there's not, and we're going to look at that in a moment. So let me share an il- illustration that helps to explain when you join the kingdom. Which comes first, the baby or the adult? It's a really obvious question. Mm. <laughs> the okay, ba- the, the baby, baby comes yes, first. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right? The baby comes first. Um, and once it grows, it naturally becomes an adult. But along the way, there's a lot to learn, experiences to go through. And even as a young person, they're still considered a mature adult in their late teens some, (laughs) or into the early 20s. But there's still a lot of growing and maturing to go. You're not a fully mature, grown adult until, I don't know, what's that, 80 or 90? (laughs) When you've learnt everything (laughs) that there is to know, really. You know, but but childhood is left behind and the person becomes a full adult. So, you know, there's there's a lot of maturing to go along the way. And it's the same with baptism. It's not the end of a journey in becoming God's kingdom representatives. It's just the beginning. And in many ways, it's like becoming a child all over again. And perhaps that's why Jesus said it was like being born again, a new start, completely new start. 
Whatever age of maturity you've reached, you now start on a completely new journey, just like you did when you were first born. You had to learn to walk, you had to learn to eat, you had to learn all of those things. Mm. So what age do you have to be to be baptised? Well, it doesn't say in the Bible. (laughs) But it's once you know. Mm. Now, to explain that, what I mean is um, when some mothers were bringing their children to Jesus for him to bless them and the disciples tried to prevent them, they are too young, we're not interested in the kids, just the adults. Jesus said, don't hinder them. Let them come. Let them bring the kids. Because God's kingdom is made up of young people, young at heart and young in reality. That's really important that Jesus said that. Mm. Because otherwise we push the children into the background and say, oh, we'll, we'll teach them when they're older. And when they're older, because they've been pushed aside, they don't want to know. It's important to teach children. So there's plenty of stories and references where the person first needed to know enough about what they were entering into. And after hearing or being taught about Jesus, they made decisions. What age is it? Well, it depends on the maturity of the person, really. I've studied with some young people, Jason, that were around 10 or 11, and they had more maturity and understanding about the things of God's eternal kingdom than people two or three times that age. Mm. So once they, once I was sure that they, they understood where they were going and what we were talking about, uh, what they were doing, then I baptised them. Mm. And now they're very active in his body, the church. And it's very important that we have these young representatives of God's kingdom because they bring a vibrant um, element to the church. You know, they're young, they're eager. They're, yeah, I often think that we have life backwards, you know. We need to have that energy when we're older mm. and we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but to have that young, vibrant spirit, it's very, very important. So I bring you back to the opening illustration of the Hippocratic Oath. Just like the doctor must first have the understanding and know what's required of him or her, then accept a certain level of behaviour and responsibility. The same is true for someone who wants to be part of God's eternal kingdom. It's very, very important. And that can be various ages. Uh, You know, I first accepted God when I was 14. And did I know everything about it? No. I have had a lot to learn. But nevertheless, it's been a really, really important journey, and it was so important that I took that step early. Mm. And yeah, look, I had some learning to do, and I you know, went astray along the way. But there's a verse in the Bible that says, <clears throat> teach a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. And I think... I think from reading between the lines, God knows that as a young person, we will explore and we'll try and learn everything we can. And sometimes we do it through other avenues. But it's so important that as parents, we teach the children the right way to go. And you look today and children are being taught some very, very wrong things. Mm. If we can keep children learning about the things of God, then it's really, really important that in the future, as they age, as they learn, as they mature, they'll be able to understand it properly. 
um, children are able to study and understand where they currently are and all that Jesus has done for them, and so can adults, believe that he's done enough, repent or decide they want to follow him and live the way he wants to, mm. then be baptized and show that they're beginning on the new journey as part of God's body, Jesus' body, as his active ambassadors. You were going to say something. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, the gospel is actually simple in concept, isn't it? And it doesn't mm. it doesn't take a theologian to understand you know what uh, what Jesus offers us and so mm. even a young person can get that concept and um, I think can adopt it in their lives and and make that firm commitment to to follow Jesus to be a follower of, of God yeah and sometimes young people can get it quicker mm. Jesus is talking in John 3 you know we all know John 3:16 but that chapter is Jesus giving the gospel message the first time mm. and he's giving it to a learned um Older man. He was an religious leader and he was very he educated. Was, yeah. And he didn't get it. Yeah. He, he really took a long time to get it. It wasn't until, you know, sometime, uh, you know, maybe years later that he actually got it. Mm. Um, and he became Jesus' faithful disciple, this Nicodemus. Mm. So if this is something that you'd like to know more about, well, we've only really touched lightly on the subject today, but you see how simple it is to become part of God's kingdom. Mm. You know, you, you, please get in touch, mm. and we can connect you with people and resources that can help. I think the key thing is 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 don't be put off because you think, oh well, I don't know it all yet. Um, <laughs> you just need to understand the basic concepts and principles, and uh, mm. and that's enough to know that you want to follow God. But uh, there's yeah, yeah, there's much to learn. I think the Bible is a fascinating thing that we've got mm. all of our lifetime to dig in and and study it and learn it and. Uh, we don't have to know it all all at the beginning. <laughs> mm, so, that's right. Mm. Well, thank you, David. And uh, next week, what have you got for us coming up? So next, next week we're going to talk about contracts. <laughs> and now we've talked about easy stuff. We're going to talk about contracts. That sometimes sounds hard, but we're going to discover how we are often reminded of what Jesus has done for us and the agreement that we made to follow him. We need to be regularly reminded of this contract that we've yeah. entered into. Awesome. And uh, tomorrow um, I'll be doing a program with Tamika Spalding and uh, tomorrow's topic is going to be called something like um, how – sorry – just looking it up here, um, <laughs> how we encounter Jesus um, in our life and how it changes lives. Well, I guess that's pretty well uh, flying on from today's program. So it's about mm. uh, how Jesus can really change our lives. So mm. do, do join us tomorrow. Uh, but right now, this is our last song, Amazing Grace by Jaden Labick. May you encounter Jesus more today. God is speaking. Are you listening? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Grace 
Stay. 